Hello and welcome to episode 20 of season three of Cherry Jam. It's myself, Ed Price, Russ Brooks, James Eastwood, or Snowy, and Jim Harley this week. Lawrence is uh, weightlifting. Yes, he does lift. Uh, I'd like to say thank you very much to everybody joining me this evening. It is our last uh, recorded pod this year. Uh, we've got a special podcast coming out uh, middle of next week, which I'll talk, touch on a bit later on. Um, and we're going to do a, a podcast after the Quinns game covering the Bath Worcester and the Quinns games. Should they all go ahead, obviously. Um, this week, we're going to talk about the two European games that Gloucester just played, the Leon uh, away game and then the Benetton home game. We're also going to discuss about the, uh, the actual the issues around the European competition this season with games being cancelled, entire, well, entire weekends almost being cancelled because of the French issues with French travel. And also having a, a general chat about Gloucester this year, so this calendar year, not season, how we feel they've improved, barriers that need improvement, what do we think they might do next year. Uh, so we'll start off with the rugby this weekend. Jim uh, and myself actually, I think, attended the game. Snowy, you watched on television, I believe. Did you watch on uh, uh, through a Russian? I watched it on our Russian friends stream. Yeah. Russ was in Liverpool, I believe. Yep. And couldn't, uh, therefore, couldn't watch it because someone had nipped the telly. Just, uh, uh, just, just before <laughs> we go on, so it, yeah. it's it's illegal to provide it, isn't it? It's not illegal to consume it. That's correct. I'm going to go with that, Snowy. Right, yeah, 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 it's fine. And also, who who's to say you weren't in Russia? Quite. Anyway, um, but as we're saying, um, we're going to talk about the the Benetton game this weekend. First of all, um, a bit of a curious egg of the game. First half was really odd. Uh, started poorly. Gloucester got through, running three tries, quickly tries. And then um, last 10 minutes was dreadful. Uh, I mean, your thoughts, Jim, as you were in the ground? I mean, I, I thought this, the last 10 minutes of that first half were as bad, I think, as I've seen most all season. It, yes, it was It was a funny one, isn't it? Because it wasn't like um, Benetton really started doing anything particularly different or mm. it was just uh, a real... I think it was just like a switch-off type scenario where where you know the start had been so good there was a bit of a lead um it's unfortunate really with uh, italian opposition you can quite often get into that mindset that yeah. it's not going to be that tough a game so i think they just really let their guard down and actually benetton are <laughs> 10 times better than they were um sort of 15 years ago um you know, when uh, when they were just the whipping boys of the uh, of the Champions Cup, I think now they really are performing, uh, certainly in the domestic league, but they, they've had some real scalps in Europe as well. So to um, to to ride through that little speed bump, um, half time came just at the right time. They obviously missed their conversion, um, otherwise they would have gone in at half time with a lead, um, and I think that probably kind of it was clearly worked in our favor because it was two points but it it was kind of a, i think if they'd have gone in up then there they would have felt much more motivated and maybe come out i mean they came out pretty strongly in in the second half um initially um but yeah i think it kind of focused the minds a little bit in the dressing room at half time so they came out the gloucester boys came out strong yeah it, it was a weird one i mean i couldn't see snow about the the, the start of the second half because Jim mentions that sort of Benetton had a, a minute or two in the second half where they were, again they tried to kind of continue that momentum and then Gloucester, to be honest, just blew them away. The forward, the pack, just blew them away. Really, um, 
did you i mean i think jim's right in that it just seemed to be more of a switch off moment rather than anything necessarily like massively oh. a problem underlying it it was just a you know too many players kind of switched off at the key moment didn't they yeah i think of. you see it it's, t- it's a typical thing you see when it's a slightly disjointed side so you've got a bit of a mix of first teamers and, and guys getting a bit more of an opportunity even though we still put out a pretty strong side and one of those games where you're not quite at nine or 10 out of 10 motivation. Yeah. Um, even though, you know, the coaches and everything will be going through the exact same things to try and get the team motivated before you've, you've probably played in those games yourself where you can just feel the vibes not quite there. Yeah. And you know that you've got enough in you to get the win and they knuckle down for 20 minutes and have 20 minutes, which is enough to win the game. And the rest of the game is a bit broken. So it was, I think it was a case of job done to use a bit of a cliche. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, job done when you score 54 points is not a bad thing. No. Um, uh, and, and to be honest, actually, Johnny May, bless him, he, I mean, he could have had about four he, tries he, yeah. if, if, um, if he'd give, been given passes when he should have been given passes. I mean, even the try score was a shocking pass from Moyle, but <laughs> yeah. that played to him, he finished really well. Great finish. I think he mm. was, I think he's a bit, he's been a bit frustrated playing for Gloucester this year because we haven't played a style of rugby that's given him a lot of opportunities. Yeah by the nature of the fact that we don't try and do a lot off first phase, we tend to say, is it on? Yes, we'll go. And if it's not, then we kick it away. And we'd a bit more, let's go to the corners and work something off, off the line out for them all. And mm. I think he, he, his eyes probably lit up a bit at a game like this, thinking it's going to be broken. And this is his opportunity to get on the score sheet a few times. And things just didn't quite work out for him, but he had a really good game. He was, he did have he a good game involved. Yeah. And, and, and to be fair to him, I mean, we kind of talk about first phase ball. I mean, uh, the the uh, try from Mian was started and finished by Mian. Two excellent bits of play. Uh, one from Louis Rees-Samit with a, a really nice um, burst of pace and kick ahead. And then an absolute superb piece of play by Chris Harris in in um, cl- that quick thinking, I think, is a key bit there. You know, the ball bounces over the top of the Benetton fullback or whoever it was, winger. Uh, and Chris Harris is reaching for it, doesn't quite get it, manages to turn himself mid-air and then flap it back. And fair play to me, and he, he he followed that line all the way through and and, and scored a try. So that's an interesting one from a law perspective because mm. I think that's a knock on. You, could, I mean, it's an interesting thing because yeah, he, I mean, he had no at no point did he have any control over the ball. But I suppose at the end of the day, when he turned around and flapped it back, it still went behind him. But yeah, I know it's, it's a good it's a good yeah. question to ask. It's, it's the one you know you know the old example they always give is can you sort of throw it over throw it over the top yeah, yeah, yeah. and catch the other side? You can't because you can't knock it forward at any point even if you then regather it yeah so so i thought that was an interesting one i thought maybe the ref would call it up but he didn't so there was some there was some interesting i mean to be fair to him the ref got called into duty quite late in the day because i think it was supposed to be a french um set of yeah, officials yeah um and uh it ended up being a welsh set of officials and uh i thought he did all right i mean there was a few weird decisions i think in the scrum where i thought i think he probably didn't really have a clue first first half on, uh, on the scrum. I mean, Gloucester was clearly dominant. Um, and it kind of fits a theme, really, with Gloucester in the pack recently that actually, we mentioned it a few weeks ago, how about the the pack have kind of greater than the sum of their parts, maybe, um, in terms of that we, we haven't got any sort of superstars necessarily. Um, and they're really making a bit of an impact now in the scrums and obviously in the mall and line out. And I we won't touch too much on Benetton because it's a difficult game to analyse in the fact that it's a bonus point win against Italian team. We kind of all expected it. We don't want to pick up the bones too much and we've got quite a lot to talk about. So moving on to the other game, which was a couple of weeks ago in Lyon, 
and um, <clears throat> yeah, I want to kind of really highlight the pack there were just superb. When you think that, the, you know, we had a lot of kids there, a front row was very um, uh, settled and, and experienced in Jamal Full Robinson, Balmain. But and didn't it, didn't that show? Bloody hell, didn't it show? I mean, uh, it, they, I mean, I think Balmain played 80 minutes, did he? Or nearly 80 minutes. And, and uh, Jamal played 72, something like that. Uh, and and Demba Bamba, who's supposed to be the next big French superstar prop. I mean, he was turned think, inside out. Well, I think he might have just retrieved his face from his backside. I'm not quite sure if he has yet. But um, Russ, you watched the Leon game. You couldn't obviously see the the, the Benetton yeah. game. Your thoughts on the pack performance in Leon? Because I think you know, I think yeah, it you, was a massive hit, plus, wasn't it? You hit the nail on the head with the two props. But I thought the man of the match was Cassino. I thought he was mm. superb a hooker. He was absolutely everywhere. There were some key turnovers in a game where, again, I don't think anyone knew what to expect from that side. Because, yes, we had quite a bit of experience, but we rotated in quite a lot of players as well. Um, What was frustrating is, but for... It was there to be won almost at the end, wasn't it? But for... And I know I just said Cicino was was probably for me was man of the match unfortunately it was a line out error at the end but I don't think it was well, his fault because it was in the guy's hands and then it seemed to spill out and you I say at the end there. you say at the end Russ I mean the line out was a shambles for the entire game it and was if we'd, but have, I don't... if we'd have had anything like normal levels of line out um, I think we probably would have won the game, yeah. We, we probably would have, but again, our, you... our line-out was probably less than 50% success rate. But mm. you've got and to go with what we yeah. had, and it yeah, wasn't a full-strength team. At key and... points, it was those, we did not get any kind of driving mall going because we'd kick to the corner, and, you know, if we're deep in deep in our defensive territory, a kick goes somewhere near the 22 and you think, great, what we'll do is we'll win a line out, we'll get another penalty, we'll kick it five metres and then we'll have a, a try. And we'd lose we'd lose the line out and then they'd be back in our heart. Yeah, I appreciate that, Jim. But at the same time, it was I thought it was a good experience for a lot of the young guys. And sometimes you have to, we've, we've been saying you can't just have them all as your plan A, can you? And it was good to see a score in a lot of other ways. I mean, I can't remember who it was who had the drive up the middle for the try that put us right in the mix, but in the well, Carreras that- took Carreras took an amazing he took he took they they'd scored the try. Uh, and it was from the kickoff. Carreras took it from the kickoff and just went straight. It was, through the but middle. the finish was a great finish, and I've forgotten. I'm, I'm Clement, sorry, I think it was Clement, but Clement was superb. Uh, That's the first. You know, I I think it's the first game I've really seen. What lot? You know, I've never thought he was a bad player, but you could see he was everywhere again, and his work rate was superb. And the other young lads who came on backed him up, and I think you can't really bemoan. It's not often you go to France and duff up a pack in the scrum like that. And it wasn't even like it was just marginal, like we held parity. There were some yeah. of the scrums we absolutely destroyed yeah. them. And this isn't this isn't a Bourguin that don't care about the tournament or Leon are at the bottom of the league and have got mm. more pressing preferences. It's not, none of that. I mean, it Big was done a number on this. What was the crowd size, Ed? Uh, crowd was probably about seven thousand. It's difficult to judge because oh, okay. the Leon, the, yeah, Leon, the Leon, um, the Leon Stadium is a big stadium. 
you know, Stade Hollande is like 40,000 seater, probably. It's, if you, it's beautiful you, as well, isn't it? Really, it's a lovely stadium. It's just, yeah. I didn't realize until I got there that it was an astro, it was AstroTurf, it was the artificial pitch. And I didn't realize that until I got there. Um, did they put all the fans opposite the cameras then? No, 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 it was fans in um, both main stands and then behind one of the goals. Um, but it was probably about 7,000. It was difficult to judge. I couldn't, I couldn't really work out how many. I know there was only probably about 50 Gloucester fans, um, yeah. mainly because I met all of them um, <laughs> in the bar beforehand. Um, and, and, and one thing I would say about, uh, you know, the rugby was for a little bit for me, was a bit secondary for the weekend because it was just an opportunity to go away. And obviously now you can't go to France at all. So um, it was a really good, great opportunity just to be away and, and to have a, a European fixture abroad um, and one thing I would say is the way that Leon supporters the club um, the way it was organized the way that they you know, welcomed the Gloucester fans was top-notch and um, you know I think they, they it did feel very kind of in a, a club that was you kind of felt was similar to Gloucester not quite as probably Gloucester you could argue is a bigger club actually Leon aren't that well established in the French leagues um, but it's a nice little club. It's a nice rugby club. They've got great fans. Um, they've got a really some really decent talent. But actually, when when we were sort of thinking about it after the game, that actually they didn't do a huge amount with the ball. Um, Gloucester kicked the ball pretty much the entire game. I mean, I don't really remember, other than the Carreras uh, break, which resulted in a try, I don't remember a huge amount of running rugby. We kicked a lot. We defended brilliantly. I mean, I, you know, we criticised... Um, uh, Don Waldock for the defensive lapses early in the season. You can see, we're going to come on to this a bit later, but you can see now there is a system and a defensive setup that seems to be working. It's just when you make do a lot of defending as well, which probably helps. It does help. Yeah, you've got to practice. Twice as much defending as any other team in the Premier League. Yeah, there's a lot of practice. I mean, I think that the, the defensive system seems to be tightening up. It, it's just stupid penalties. And the, I issue. think. I think the other thing is, Ed, you go to France, you expect to defend, don't you? They were going to come out firing. And this is a team that beat us 55-10 pretty yeah. much a year to the day, isn't it? And it very was, similar teams, actually, if you look at Very similar team. And it was, you know, it wasn't a weak Leon side, that, was it? No, no, they no, it was, clearly was just, targeted yeah. it. So to get a bonus point, and I think the key thing is whatever, however, again, I can't comment on the Benetton game at all. I haven't even seen the highlights by Johnny May's try. We backed up with a bonus point win, and that keeps us in the mix doesn't it with the way the competition is doing you would right, fancy actually, yeah. with the fixtures we've got we should have a, a chance of coming uh, through what what game was I watching whatever last... the fuck happens now but yeah, yeah. What, what game was i watching last night i meant to make a note of it um and it was the, the clock went 80 mm-hmm. and the t i can't remember who it was got got the ball uh, and kicked it out and they were six points down uh, and <laughs> oh it was it and was another French team. Oh, was, was, Con- was it not Connor? Was it not Connor? They, no, they, Connor, and- Connor did very well and got a drop goal at the end to get the bonus point. Um, oh, okay. They defended, defended, defend. Um, sorry, attacked, oh, attacked, attacked. Who was it? And the defence was super, super strong. They got driven back. They probably lost about 15 metres of territory. Well, I'm looking and at this. They were very close, like- very close to getting turned over. And then they mm-hmm. whipped it back to the fly-off who, who dropped the goal to get them the bonus point. But no, it, it was, was um, Castra. Was it Castra against Munster? Yeah. 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 And I was just watching the highlights and Cast really had an opportunity. You know, it was kind of on halfway thereabouts. And you think, well, you're going to go all out and try and win the game. And they just, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll have that. We're happy with that with a bonus point. And I think that's, you know, quite a lot of teams 
um, across um, the, the two competitions, the Champions and the Challenge Cup. I think there's a lot of teams that have kind of gone away from a game without any points yeah. and, and probably wish that maybe they'd reassessed where they were with 20 minutes to go and maybe taken a couple of three-pointers to, to, to get them that bonus point because away bonus points in this competition are the difference between and I, I and think not. the other thing you've got to factor in is the COVID impact again now because God knows it's not like God knows when they'll fulfill fixtures now it's you know and, and how you were saying the round of 16 they were saying they were going to fulfill them at, at the round of 16 but there'll be yeah. other games to play yeah, I yeah, just, I, yeah, it's it's bizarre, is it? So the, I think you've got to get your points on the board when you can now, haven't you? Because you just don't know. And so looking at the the pools, well, we'll, we'll, we'll we won't really touch on the Champions Cup because there was literally three games, and I don't really care. Um, to be honest, <laughs> we're not in it. Um, but the um, the Challenge Cup, um, ironically, the the group we're in, Group B, is the only group that's not been affected by the issues with COVID and we'll come on to the issues with COVID in a second more generally about the European competitions so Leon have got two wins out of two with nine points uh, they got a bonus point against Dragons Gloucester are second with a win and a defeat but with six points Perpignan got a win against the Dragons in their first game uh, got four Dragons got one losing bonus point and Benetton have got zero so our next game in the competition is Perpignan hopefully um, at home and if we win that, we're through. Yeah, already so we're, we're through. We're, we're through to the we're through to the next round. Um, just because of the, the just basic maths, there we're through. Um, you then got Dragons last game, uh, last game of the group, and it would probably come down there. It's going to be Leon will be playing Perpignan in their last game, I think. Um, and um, you know, you never know. Gloucester could Gloucester could end up winning the group if they get a win against Dragons and Perpignan put aside out because they they might have to still win to qualify potentially um so you know there, there's all of that so anyway we'll move on just now onto the to the european competitions more generally and the issues relating to covid so round one there were a number of games that were cancelled because of the uh sort of uh hangover from the issues for our scarlets and um cardiff well cardiff got thumped by toulouse Fair place when they put a side out, but Scarlets had to postpone their game against Bristol because they couldn't fulfill a side. It actually, would have been dangerous to do so. Um, but then this week we've had a mixture. We've had some teams cancelling before the game because they're before the weekend because of COVID cases in their camp. But then about 24 hours before the Saturday games, all of the French games or as games involving French sides were cancelled or postponed for a later date, as Russ said. Now, this is going to cause chaos because there isn't any free weekends. Well, I think there might be one free weekend. I, I mean, you know, if you're... How are you going to get these games in, for a start? Um, you've got player welfare. You've got the integrity of the competition. So, for example, if you're, if you're Leinster... I was about to say that, yeah. So, Leinster cancelled their game against uh, whoever it was, Poe or whoever. Um... Oh, that's right. That was Saracens. So actually, no, here's that's a good example. Saracens cancelled the game against Poe because Saracens has loads of cases in their camp. Now, I'm not the most sympathetic to Saracens, but I do think this is a bit unfair on them. In the back, if they'd waited 24 hours, they wouldn't have had that game cancelled, and probably because the French won't let them travel, they might have ended up with five points. It, it, it's just an absolute farce. Or, and yeah, also, so, so there's no benefit in being decent about it and kind of phoning in sick 
before you'd start shift. And and wait, also wait until the last moment, piss all the officials off because they've traveled, piss all the fans off because they've traveled. And at the last minute.com say, sorry, we can't play. Yeah. And I think the other team who I if I the team I feel the most sorry for actually is Cardiff, who have bent over backwards to the point that they've bought players like Fish out of retirement, who has probably become more of a cult hero than he ever has from it. But by the by, they've bent over backwards to fulfill their fixtures and they've seen other teams go nah, just can't be bothered or because of what's happened, they've been rescheduled. Their team, all right, they put up a fight in two fixtures, but they've they've had a bonus point defeat in both games and they're pretty much dead in the water, aren't they? And you're going to look up and see that a team that has can't fulfil it, maybe get the game rescheduled again. Like you said, that for me is the one that's fucks the integrity of the competition doesn't it because Cardiff have basically put out their third team and um, a bunch of kids and they were never going to get anything out of it I mean what do you do differently though? that's the thing it's it, it's a it's such a moving beast isn't it as Ed says it's not like it's, it's not like you can easily just say well let's just take the next month off and we'll move fixtures later in the season there, but there isn't that but option don't so you almost make... have to wing it you have to to a degree snow but you can't treat every game differently can you You can't say to like the Leinsters or Cardiff you have to fulfill the fixture or you get screwed over and then go oh actually for some of you other teams you can reschedule it I can completely understand why certain clubs are going to be pissed off about that you just have to the French should forfeit the points because their government won't let them fulfill the fixture (laughs) or you make sure as that even these things like there there's probably there's contracts that will be set up between the clubs and european rugby around what can be enforced what can't be enforced and it won't be covid specific but they they can't just put a rule in like that because well, they, then the clubs can sue they european can rugby and end but up. they did this last year snow with the way points were awarded because we were an example of that, weren't we? Where sometimes you split the points and then suddenly it was like, well, it's a home walkover. It's a walkover. For, you know, they, they've got to be some consistency yeah, but they, in they, they got all the clubs together and then had to agree a way forward with that, didn't they? So it needs to yeah. be the same thing. And well, yeah. The, and tr- again, the, tr- the, tr- the trouble is, now is not the time to do it because there's a decent chance straight after Christmas there won't be any fixtures in January no, and February anyway. That's true. I mean, the, the interesting <laughs> thing is, so the one, the one, the one um, solution I've heard, which would be very, very interesting, is because the Champions the Champions Cup is different to the Challenge Cup so the Challenge Cup you only play four games in your group the Champions Cup you do play uh, six fixtures home and away against the teams you've been drawn out in a big team it's a bit it's a bit confusing but you basically so Bristol for example was supposed to play Stade Francais they will play Stade Francais away and home the solution is that basically you delay the, the game that they should have played will be the points, as such, will be carried over to the other game. So you're playing for potentially ten points, point. ten points in the one game. Now that's the. I think that's pretty much the only solution. I, I, I think that, that makes would... sense. The thing is, can they? Because there's no integrity in the structure of the Champions Cup anyway, and that they're not because it's very. One team can have easy fixtures and one team can have hard fixtures. Yeah. Can they just change the fixtures? So you're just playing English clubs or, you're, well, or clubs what they, that you can access instead. That's of, the other solution. It, it, yeah. That's what he said. It's like going back to merit league rugby that we're all in, where suddenly a team yeah. can't play, so you ring them up. The other one I saw, and I think I, this is a very 
I think this is the solution, Ed, and I can't believe you haven't mentioned it, was someone suggested that what you do is you live stream. So the home team is stuck at home, the France team are in France, and you have a kickoff competition to decide with like them. Or they could they could do it on Jonah Lomu rugby and just stream it. <laughs> well, didn't, it over Zoom. Didn't, didn't they do that in the Premier League? Didn't they have a representative from each team and they did a league game, eSports, Premier League or something? There was, I think there it was, was also, there was the a, NFL did it, didn't they? As yeah, well. there was also a slam, slam. I know that Slampton played Manchester City at Noughts and Crosses or something like that. I well, think that was... That I like well, we've got... Because we've got... Jamal. We've got one of the best pro game um, directors of the team. So, yeah, we could get Jamal well, yeah, but to, he, the, the uh, trouble is right out. The trouble is, Jim, this is Gloucester, so we would probably put in someone who has no idea how even to hold a controller or something. You know, well, no, I mean, also, also I think, doesn't Jamal play they like League of Legends? They turn up with something. an Xbox controller for a PS5 event. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure Jamal's been playing uh, Jonah Luma rugby recently. I think it is League of Legends and other things. But, well, no, you never know. We could, we could just skin GTA 5 players. So we've got 15 Gloucester, 15 Bath, and all weapons accessible. I mean, I think the biggest downside to this is Bath. All right, they didn't win a game, but Bath got bloody points. No, they from, didn't. Did it? Is it been changed since? No, no, no. They don't, they, no this is the great thing. They, they, so I was going to come onto this before we move on, and it was just to say that Bath. This is this is this is still hysterical. Bath thought they were going to get twenty-eight points and a walkover because uh, La Rochelle couldn't travel to Bath, but then that was kind of announced that was going to happen. And then they said, oh, no, 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 the games have just been postponed. No one is awarded points yet. Brilliant. So technically, Fran- uh, Bath still haven't won a game, even in a walkover situation. Um, and I'm really, I am very much looking forward to, if we can get double points awarded, that would be, be wonderful. Like Bath could lose twice in one game. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be the equivalent of like 160 nil when they lose 80 yeah. nil. Was in their, their 13 points down and they're thinking, do we get a bonus point for this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. It, that could only happen to Bath this year, couldn't it? They can't even win on paper. You know, <laughs> they can't even win when everyone is default. being given points. They can't even win by default. No. Um, yeah, it is it's it is hysterical. Um, but obviously, you know, there is there are wider issues here that we it's this is like the third year in a row where the competition is suffering quite badly from uh, a lack of, well, as Snowy said, there's a, there's a lack of integrity for the, for the, for the competition. Um, is it, is it something we need to worry about? I suppose not because everyone's in the same boat, but it isn't good luck, is it? I mean, when I mean, you haven't really got a clue what the, I mean, poor Marseille. <laughs> It's happening over all. It's happening over all sports at the moment, isn't it? I mean, mm. it's yeah, the the. I guess the biggest issue rugby has is there's just no margin for error, is there? There's a lot of tight schedules in there. It's difficult yeah. to slip. Football, there's a bit more you can do to try and flex your fixtures. Arguably. Yeah, you can play midweek games. It's not as. It, don't get me wrong. It's not great. The players don't enjoy it, but midweek games are are doable. Um, and, you, and can, you can. Well, I mean, European fixtures in football. Uh, is the standard, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't. I don't know. I, I think it, it's just a state of the world, isn't it? I, I do think, like Snowy said, you can't factor in for this, can you? It's such a fluctuating, changing situation. There's, there's only you can only legislate so far, and 
put in provisos to a certain point and then at some point it's completely new territory isn't it i mean we could be we could still be going back to behind closed doors games if things pan out who knows with if they bring in a lockdown or anything like that you know not to make it political they we don't know what's going to happen and it just it must be again really infuriating and frustrating for the clubs to how yeah. do you deal with this well, I mean, you talk about the we talk about the the issues with COVID. The other issue with COVID, of course, as you mentioned, is crowds. Um, I think we're all realistic to realistic to note that at the moment the noises are coming out of the government is that the chances of us having a second of January fixture, which is a sellout, is pretty much limited. Um, you know, that, I mean, they may sell tickets, but whether people actually turn up is another issue. Um, and then. The other thing is the knock-on from what happened last week is that the Benetton crowd, which is always going to be quite low, it's a Friday night, it's an Italian side uh, in a, in the lower competition, you know, European competition. Um, I think they said nine thousand tickets sold. I reckon there was probably about six thousand there, Jim. Do you say? Yeah, I I, I would say six would be would seven be a good, a push. Would be a good it was number. A... I mean, it was really really quiet. The shed yeah. was quiet, but, you know, I get a good view of the grandstand and a lot of those seats, a lot of those empty seats are season ticket. I know the, the guys you know, that I stand with, mm. um, he's, um, his daughter's got, um, you know, Christmas, um, Christmas shows that she's doing. So he's, he was like, well, I'll, I'll see you in the new year, guys, a couple of weeks ago, because he's like, I've got two Friday night games that I can't attend. And, and actually, I, I <laughs> It's probably more so in the run up to Christmas that people's routine, they do have extra things on. And yeah. if, if games get moved to a Friday night, which we have got a lot of Friday night games, quite why, the, um, quite why Benetton was Friday night, I don't know, because it wasn't on the telly. No. So that does seem strange to have moved that fixture. Maybe it was originally going to be and they changed their minds. But yeah, I think, um, I think there's obviously a lot of people not there because they've got some COVID concerns. Um, and uh, probably the same number of people again that have got other um, other priorities on a Friday night. Yeah, I think it's the, unlike, unlike the second and second of January fixture, which is everyone's at home doing sod all. Uh, let's go and watch the rugby match. A Friday night fixture the week before Christmas, and and with the way COVID is at the moment, where people are probably a little bit hesitant in terms of they don't want to catch it and then not be able to do what they normally do. Um, there, uh, that th- it meant that people were a little bit more reluctant to go to the game, which is a shame. Um, yeah, you know. I, I think, like, like you said, I think people getting COVID after Christmas is and having time off work is not the same concern as having COVID and maybe over Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That true. is a very good point. People yeah. are literally trying to protect Christmas and they don't care about work yeah. after, especially yeah. considering the symptoms are generally pretty mild this time around. Well, hope, hopefully, yeah, exactly. Uh, right, we're going to move on now, and, and the next bit of the pod is just kind of more of a review of the year for Gloucester, and um, if we can remember it, I'll be honest, it's been a long year, um, and uh, and just sort of see where we think we are, some of the stuff that can be improved, some of the stuff that is pretty good, and uh, we'll come back. Right, uh, we're going to talk about Gloucester year really I suppose um I'll start with Snowy um because I think Snowy I think Snowy's probably the most realistic of us all even more even more realistic than me 
I thought you um, might say cynical. I say I don't know. We've all got we all bring different things to the table. <laughs> yeah, I think cynical is a good one. But yeah, so I'll start with Snow. So you you're probably the most realistic. Maybe maybe more pessimistic. I don't know. It's difficult to just difficult to peg you really. Um, how do you think this the year has gone? So if you take from sort of January February, um, and you know you're thinking at the turn of the year we hadn't won a game in like eight or nine games apart from the Ulster game getting towards the end of the season and then obviously this 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 season this season so far your your thoughts generally about how we progressed or how we haven't progressed yeah. or yeah so for a bit of insight as into how bad it was um and I, <laughs> my, my long-term memory is not great but um normally i am definitely of the side that you should give any new setup a decent period of time to show their influence but yeah. by march april this year I was thinking we have got literally no hope with this setup because we're doing the exact same thing every week. Nothing seems to be changing. Nothing seems to be developing. And it was getting quite frustrating. I think the only glimmer of hope at that point in the year was that we had made what looked like some really good signings for this season. Um, Now the humble pie has come out of the fridge. (laughs) I've put it on a plate and I'm um and ahhing whether I want any of it. Are you, are um, you thinking custard or whipped cream or ice cream? Is that what? No, so it's a meat pie, humble pie. Yeah, you wouldn't have custard with it. Maybe a bit of pickle. Maybe okay. like a, a chili jam. Maybe. I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. I can't imagine it's going to be anything nice, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> if, at best, it's going to be some fucking um, awful. And yeah. <laughs> And, um, anyway, yeah, get on with it. And, and, and to be fair, this season, uh, I also thought we sort of rode our luck a bit in that people were becoming very positive very quick. And I was like, we've played some crap sides here and people aren't performing against us and we've got to sort of take it. Have we performed against a really good team? And I, I still don't think there's been that game where both sides have been superb and we've come out on top. But you can only beat what's in front of you. And we've had a really consistent run and there are now a lot of really positive signs. So like yeah. the defence defense looks structured. It looks like we can actually keep teams out. We're not just defending for five minutes and then falling apart and they just run straight through the, a huge hole, which we were six months ago. Well, actually, on, um, that, on that, it's it's kind of, we were, we got to a point where we would defend for five minutes and then go to sleep and concede. Hmm. And now we've got where we will defend for five minutes and get a turnover and kick it back yeah. into their half. And that's a massive, yeah. I mean, huge, that's, that's a huge significant step. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think- we've also we, we've also sorry just to just finish off my year of review. We, we've also got some very clear strengths now in that yeah. we we there are there are things that we know we can utilize to be able to win games, particularly the rolling ball. Um, and the other thing that's really positive is that the strength in depth now looks really good. We've we've blooded so many players. It feels like we can mix players around in a lot of positions and still be strong. Yeah. Um, so they're probably like the the key the key points. Um, looking at the year in review, if that was short uh, enough. No, Edit that's perfect. If it wasn't. Absolutely. No, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Snow. Um. Now, Russ, um, you're someone who is the I think we can all agree is the sweariest amongst us. Uh, you're the most direct. <laughs> even in terms more of your... than Lawrence. Yeah. Even, surprisingly, that. surprisingly, how much you've drunk. As, yeah. someone who has to, as someone who has to edit this every week, yes. <laughs> I, I think I'm probably... <laughs> so I'll put it a bit more direct, direct, I, I think, Yeah, I think I get the most frustrated, and I think it becomes from 
I think I've probably believed that they could do better than they were. I think, mm-hmm. you know, behind it all, that's what's always annoyed me. I thought we were more capable than we were showing. I think, you know, I can sometimes be the most miserable about how we're doing. I think it's fair. But I think that's because I've always thought we could do better. Angriest, I'd say. Angriest. Yeah, angry. I get, yeah, I get angry about it. I think that's fair. And I think, I, I kind of, I think Snowy summed it up probably along how I would as well. I think the game, the first game I thought, yeah, this this looks more promising long-term. And again, where I was in the humble pie mode was Bristol, where we went, we did the opposite of, we did what we I've, I've wanted us to do was close a game out and finish it well. We rode our luck. We, you know, there was a couple of moments we spoke about in that game, but we went, then went up the field and scored, which is the thing we've lacked this year. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what I want to see to be completely sure we've turned the corner is a bit of consistency now, like more of that Bristol type performance um, and not those lapses and not too much reverting to type of the box kick. I think we've all acknowledged that's, that's the game plan we're going for. And we are that the evidence is there. We're building from it. The game's built around it. It's whether I like it or not, that's, that's, that's there to stay. But I think you look at the fixtures and I think come about the end of January, I think you know what we we know where we are realistically. Then I think, yep. like Snowy said, we've played some probably easier teams. But assuming both games go ahead, Bath away, Worcester away, we've got to be winning those games now. Well, Worcester Worcester away is the Premiership Cup, so I would discount Sorry, that yeah, one. But, sorry, so okay, Quinn's, Quinn's at home is a, is is the next one. League so game. yeah, so yeah. The, the next with the league, January is massive because you've got Quinn's at home. That that one could go either way. Quins are a bit up and down. Sarri's away. I don't know. Don't think we'll get much there. Bonus point um, would be a win point. there, wouldn't it? I think. But you've got to beat Newcastle at home as well. Uh, away, I think we've got to be targeting that as a win, not necessarily a bonus point, but a win. So I think by February, you're coming up to some big games in February. But we've got to be, you know, we've got. Exeter and Leicester away, haven't we, in that month? They've got Irish at home. And Irish at home. So I think by the end of February, we definitely know if we're in the mix. I'm not saying there's lots of games that we should be winning, but we've got to be competitive in those games. And as I said earlier in the year, we've got to be nicking losing bonus points in some of the games we shouldn't be, you know, that are close and so on. Because I think the way it's been a weird season for a lot of teams, hasn't it? No one is absolutely flying. I'd apart say, from Leicester. Apart from Leicester. But I think it's definitely a league where you get losing bonus points, keep yourself in the mix. If we do that, then then who knows? I, I personally don't think we will get top four, but I'd like us to get top six and be pushing yeah. for, for Europe next year, really. But it, it's a lot better. I'd, I'd, the way the season's gone, you'd rather be where we are now than where we were in January, wouldn't you? It feels like we've gone on. It's an upward curve for me. Yeah. With, Jim, with a few worries. but um, Jim, your thoughts in terms of sort of, I, I mean, not to do the same thing again and again, so we'll just do it slightly differently. Areas that you feel that we've really progressed in and areas that we feel we still need to improve in. Um, I think I think culture is, has been really, really good. Um, I think there's definitely, you can see that there's a lot more, uh, maybe understanding, just um, I think, maybe players were a little bit unsure of George Skivington to start with. You know, he was brand new. He, they 
they were being asked to do maybe things that they hadn't been by previous coaches. And I think certainly because we have had a bit of a string of results, I just get the feeling, and I'm not part of that group, I don't really know firsthand, but I kind of get the feeling that George is settled in, he's um, more comfortable with his um, TV interviews and things like that. Um, I get the feeling that the players have bought into it a lot more, so they're putting in that little bit extra in training and it's showing on the field. Um, certainly we've mentioned the defence has improved. The system seems to be, be better understood. We can, you know, when it's scramble defence, you have that scramble because it's whoever's closest and you scramble, scramble, scramble. But it very, very quickly goes back to being a well-organised defence where everyone knows their roles. And, and I think that the ability to switch into that mode so quickly um, is, is a massive, massive improvement. And that's not so much in the last six, probably more like the last three months. Um, so I think that's really good. And much like Snowy said about having these younger players that have, that have come in, I think we have got a really, really good large squad that, um, you know, looking at um, looking at players that are leaving, you know, big, big name players that are leaving some other clubs. Uh, we don't look to have any of that. We look to have players that want to re-sign. Um, yeah. and, and I think um, for the kids, you know, we, we, we're going to be getting really good academy kids stepping up out, out of those academy contracts into sort of into junior contracts um, with realistic expectation that they are going to play at least a few games a season um, you know, with the with the first team. Yeah, I, I mean, um, I agree with all of that. Um, uh, to be fair, no one, nothing, there's nothing I, I think any of you guys have said that I think that's way off the mark. I mean, for me, from a from this season or this year, the first game I thought, and, and don't get me wrong, there were some really poor games after this game, but the first game I thought, ah, this isn't a team that is totally and utterly non, not believing in the coaching structure and the systems. And that was a Wasps away game uh, when Thorley got sent off. That game, you know, I'd say nine times out of 10, we would, we would lose that. But we not only hung in there, we played some decent rugby with 14 men because uh, he went off quite early from my memory. And, you know, we hang in there. We won a, won a really pretty impressive game away from home albeit against the Wasp side that were struggling. But it was a, you know, it's an away win with only 14 men. doesn't happen very often. Um, and then again, this this season, there were games where, as Snowy said, you know, Sale at home, Wasps away, games where, don't be wrong, we were brilliant for large proportions of that game, but then nearly lost it at the end. And it, it kind of, there was there, there are those same sort of doubts about whether it's a case of, is it just we're getting lucky this year or we're just like hanging on the right side of these results this year where last year we were on the wrong side of the results. The Bristol game, I think was a turning point. It seemed to have a little belief around the squad. Um, you know, you, and, and I think again, Leon reinforced that for me where there's players who are on the fringes or are young players coming into the squad and you don't now feel that the, the drop-off's going to be so big. There are still work-ons. I think we do, you know, look, the game plan is the game plan. We can't really, Doing, you know, we're supporters. We can't do anything about it. We can moan about it. Um, I, I'd like to see us play more running rugby. I'd like to see Varney or Chapman start at nine compared to Mian, but I understand that the reason Mian plays is because he fits the system better and that's how you go. Um, I'd like to see 
the likes of Free Summit and may get more ball in hand and rather than just chasing it all the time from kicks. Um, and I'd also like to see a little bit more, maybe I'd like to see someone like Balmain um, and, um, uh, and and even Jamal Ford Robinson really, really push their um, starting credentials a bit more because we have been quite reliant actually if you think on Val and, and Gotsevef who I'm sharing some of that humble pie with Snowy as we've mentioned several times this week this year already. Um, he's, he's done all right, I'm, hasn't he? I'm not yes. eating it yet though, so you just have to. Has, oh, well, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. Oh have yeah, you, you have to now. eat some pie from Gotsevef, but worse than that, Atkinson. Like that's a full. Well, pie. the Atkinson one, the Atkinson one that that's been eaten and that's 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 been eaten <laughs> and gone. That's mate. digested. That's been digested, digested and gone all the way through. Yeah. You know, I think in defence, to defend Ed a little, I get his worries, not about our Russian friend and his ability to perform, but more in about the burden we're putting on those two front rows. It's the same as that. I, my worry is they're going to get burnt out towards the end of the season. I think front row is a place where more than anyone, and we've done it a lot at Gloucester, like Honeck one season pretty much played every game, didn't he? And Balmain you know? as well, didn't he? Balmain, Balmain and Honeck played pretty much and, every game. And, yeah. and, and it takes a toll in that position. And you see it, it's... It, it's such an impact position, isn't it? Where you bring players on after 60 minutes. And to be fair, Robinson and Balmain are both very good at that when they come on. But yeah, they, you know, Jamal, especially after that Leon game, you, you hope he's pushing a start. But I agree, Ed. I think, you know, I still think there are, I still think we could do with some more people who carry a bit more in the pack sometimes as well. Mm. I do think there's an onus on certain players. I know I've mentioned it before, like the injury to Morgan worries me. I don't know how you've got to take some pressure off a few players there. So that that's something I'd like to yeah, see. Yeah, we're, we're quite definitely. lucky, I suppose, in that in regard. We, we, Reed is now available. And I think the other big thing as well is Slate is, I think, probably going to be available for the Bath game. And he's a big ball carrier for us, he makes a lot of impact. I mean, I Pledris, think Pledris started running. Yes, yeah, sorry. I think let's be honest with Pledri. I think let's let's just li- let him let him get back yeah, to I playing rugby he'll be and next we'll see. Season, realistically, yeah. even if he's back before you start seeing something like what he's really yeah. capable. I think I think let's be fair to him. Let's get him. You know, being able to run, I think, is a big achievement for Jake Pledri. So let's leave it there for him. So that's good. Um, just a couple of other things on 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 um, this this sort of year with Gloucester. Snowy, your sort of standout player from, and it can be, it can be just this season so far. But your sort of standout players so far, or this year, as you would look at it. Um, I would go for Atkinson mm-hmm. and maybe Gotsevev as a surprise. Yeah. Um, I, I know I pronounced that wrong, but I'm going to. That's that'll do. Yes, fam. The Russian, the Russian chap in the front row. The Russian chap in the front row. Yeah. Um. I'd also. Uh, add a, yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd. I'd go for those two. Yeah. I think they've probably had the biggest impact. Yeah, Jim. Uh, I would echo that. I'd. I'd also say Chris Harris. I think Chris Harris has had. Well, uh, yeah. Maybe. An absolutely Im- immense uh, six months, and I just think he's. He's probably the one thing that's accelerated our defensive kind of improvements. I think without yeah. him, it would have taken another six months to get where we're at. Yeah. Russ? Um, so, so I picked some different players. I'd say Val. When Val's on, he's had a hell of an impact this year, you know, defensively for a forward to put in some of the tackles of the Russian as well and the work rate. And 
that game against Exeter, I don't think I've ever seen a 40 minutes of a player looking so angry who was just out to make an impact. And then I think in the backs, the players we've mentioned, but Carreras as well, I just think mm-hmm. you look a better team with him at fullback. He, Zamet is world-class, may world-class, but I think Carreras is just a different sort of player to those two. And I also yeah. think Hastings is bedding in well at 10 now and starting to show something a bit more, but yeah. Yeah, I think Hastings is an interesting one because, uh, you know, he's on a, well, realistically, he's going to be on a three-year contract, isn't he? So, you know, I think this first year, is, it's difficult. You use a different style of rugby. It's a different intensity of rugby that you wouldn't get necessarily um, if you're playing uh, pro, whatever they let's call United Rugby Championship. Um, uh, one thing I would also echo there, I think certainly Carreras has made a big impact, as we've mentioned, Chris Harris. Um, sticking with the backs, I think I have to give a lot of credit for Lloyd Evans. Because as someone who, so probably most of us, was very much a fringe player and really didn't play a huge amount, did all right when he played. You know, he's he's now a, a really important part of the squad and 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 makes actually makes a difference when he's on the pitch um, and is now filling in at fullback and actually making that position his own. I mean, I, I don't have any concerns with him at fullback. I think it adds something as an extra receiver and all sorts. So, and he's, then in the... he, he, when he goes at fullback, there's an awful lot because you know you've got Billy at twelve as well. It's just a merry-go-round those three, which yeah. for a defence. Yeah. Not knowing when you've got three guys that can just drop in at first receiver. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It well. is good. And then in the forwards, um, I, I mean, to be fair, the, the, so far this season, and I think he's he's so far and away the player of the season. It's not even funny. It's Ruin Ackerman. I mean, he's just he's just been superb. And don't be wrong, Chris Harris has been brilliant. Mark Atkinson's had some fantastic games, but Ruin Ackerman for me has been absolutely just world class this season so far. Yes, Russ. I'd agree. I think the one I was going to add, the probably the person who goes under the radar in our pack the most, and I, I've raved about him a lot anyway. Like I said, he should play even when he's dead. Is Freddie Clark? I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. he's been superb this year. At just, you know, he seems to be built around. The, he, he's he plays a lot, and I Loz made the comment. I think he said we look a better team with him in, and I'd, I'd agree. Doesn't do anything spectacular, but he's just that kind of. He's he's Bucko, a bucko Dave yeah. Sims kind of club player. You Savage know what you're going to get from yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, the final thing of this pod, I just want to just highlight something that's going to be coming up in over Christmas. Um, the next podcast you'll hear from ourselves will be a, uh, a sort of forty-five minute ish uh, chat between myself and Jamal Ford Robinson, um, who uh, very kindly agreed to um, have a chat with us. Uh, you'll be pleased to know, Snowy, that he did answer your question about whether he would accept the God-given talents of Johnny May but not ever eat meat again. I won't spoil it. I won't spoil it because he, he does answer that question. Um, uh, he also answered uh, Loz's question about why doesn't he just buy a coffee machine um, and um, and generally was a really lovely bloke. And I have to be honest, there were moments in the in the uh, in my chat with him it got a little bit deep got a little bit deep which was surprising i wasn't expecting that um but it was uh, it, it, it was good ed cries so make sure you tune in i cry he ed, Jamal cries. Cries at every, ed cries at everything though so that's not that impressive no, that's true that's true it's true um but uh just also one final thing uh before we go i want to thank jim and uh, loz and my good old lady wife for 
putting in a performance for the ages on the Cummings County quiz uh, last week. Um, I mean, it was just a bit of a rout, really, wasn't it, Jim, to be honest? Four points in the end, they we won by. Yeah, yeah, we, we had we had quite a comfortable win. I mean, we've had some close ones, haven't we? But um, mm. yeah, yeah. I'd, like to, the, but, you know, I'd like to thank my they're, friends they're, at they're, Google. But no, I it's, thought... it's kind of it's half of it's kind of having an inkling as to what the questions are going to be beforehand. Anyway, isn't it? It's kind of just current Gloucestershire news and things like that. What's yeah, going I'm... on? What's going on in the county? It, it definitely helps. Um, having it definitely a, having helps. a map in front of you does help. Well, I say it, it, it helps. It helps that Jim has probably gone to most of these places to put out fires or to rescue cats. One of the two. I don't. I don't know what he does. Yes. Uh, to be fair. To be fair, my topography of the county is actually quite good. It is pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing to mention about that that all of that was the fact that we only had three people per day, as where I think um, Randall the other Payne lot, had about Randall and Payne about twenty at one point. It was ridiculous. Um, uh, just shows you. Although I think their Zoom call, if someone had a correct answer, you probably wouldn't hear it. No. Amongst the hysteria. <laughs> uh, um, and um, I forever will uh, will uh, always um, admonish Jim for suggesting that Charlotte Dujardin had uh, <laughs> circled Cheltenham Racecourse uh, at some point. She, she rides a horse. She could have ridden around with a gold medal and everyone cheered. Yeah. And not famously Victoria Pendleton. <laughs> well, you know, obviously, I didn't obviously. hear the question. No. You um, are fine one to talk about trivia you get wrong there, Ed, because you've done that to me when you were adamant that Glastonbury was the first festival in the UK, and I told you it was the Isle of Wight, and it, you wouldn't believe me, so don't, don't you know... No, you know, no. I, without fire, we're all oh, I know, I know. Here. We all make mistakes, Russ. We all make mistakes. Yeah. It's true. So don't, yeah, don't throw your teammate under the bus. It's not very rugby, is it? I think that is literally what rugby is, isn't it? You throw a teammate under the bus. Normally no, not, um, no, only if it's someone <laughs> like Bath at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, yeah. I'm sure that we are. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Bath Christmas party. Oh, there probably won't be one now, will there? Nobody will, I, I still one. think they, I don't know why they didn't win Team of the Year, sports personality. personality. Actually, on that, actually, just, just yeah, quick, yeah. before team, we finish, before year. we finish, now I'm a, I'm a massive football fan. I love football. And England winning the Euros or getting to the final of the Euros in this particular case was one of the highlights of my sporting life. I mean, it was just amazing. But how you can suggest that England getting to the final, albeit, a brilliant achievement by our, our fantastic English footballers is better than England women breaking the world record for the number of games, England women's uh, rugby, sorry, I should say, breaking the number of games um, for uh, uh, unbeaten, becoming number on the number one in the world and uh, beating New Zealand back to back by over, I think they scored like 100 points or 90 something points yeah. in, in beating Massive, them. massive. They're, they're uh, the massive, massive world number ones at the moment. Massive, massive world number ones and Gloucester's own Zoe Oldcroft is the yeah. greatest women's player of the in the world. Yeah, she didn't Amazing. even get a mention. She didn't even yeah, get a mention the, the rugby... that, that she just won that award, which no. is a bit funny. All the people getting a mention. You blinked and you missed the rugby coverage in general, though. And that was one of the things with that whole sports personality, I yeah. think, wasn't it? It was unless the BBC showed it. Yes, there was oh, some they, show, they show tennis, don't they? That's the yeah, one. that's what I mean. Yeah. There was a lot of sports that did get massively overlooked, and people, you know, it, it, I mean, it, it, to be kind, 
it was a big year for sport. Lots happened, but yeah, the team of the year was the first one where you're like, really? Like, yeah, yeah. surprised. I, the women jumped out. The women's rugby was in my head straight away as other teams that could have been at least warranted a mention. You know, yeah, yeah. sport was first of the year. St Helens men and women combined rugby teams winning all five competitions. That yeah. they were in. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like that's that's kind of that's kind of all right, isn't it? It's always more about what's in the public conscience, though, isn't it? Rather than actual. Yeah, but you bear. say that though, Snow, and I think you know. I'm not. I don't want to bash on the BBC and the importance of balance and showing everything, but they they showed wheelchair tennis, which is very important and deserves to get mentioned. We've talked about it before. The more you mention sports, the more you draw attention to it. That's fine, but to then not mention the women's rugby, which I would argue is probably more in the conscience and, and mainstream. And they than showed that. it. We, yeah, and it, the showed, it was yeah. on the BBC. That's what I can't the, grasp. You know, you could have it could have had at least a couple of minutes of warranting because again, it's probably more mainstream than rugby league is, and again, not doing down that achievement at St Helens at all. It just felt very. They mentioned so many other niche sports quite rightly, but it just feels like that could have got a mention, really. Yeah, and actually, on that final just thing, just to say that obviously. Uh, in no way should we d- diminish here that Zoe Alcroft becoming World Women's Player of the Year. I mean, one, it's brilliant. It's an English player. That's fantastic. But the fact that she plays for Gloucester Hartbury. Um, that's, that's pretty good, isn't it? That's bloody incredible. And she, really, and she, and she, and she was she was pretty awesome yesterday as well. Yeah, that was um, yeah, it was it two tries in two minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. Like that. yeah, literally, literally. I might not have even been more, I mean, than, more than one minute. I mean, did you ever think Gloucester in any guise would have a an player active of the world player of the year playing for them. <laughs> I, I don't think I would have ever imagined that. No, to be I, honest. You know, I think it, it, it really does show you that, you know, they were there or thereabouts this season. I think um, you look at the women's team, women's league, um, for those who are interested, that, you know, Quinns yeah. and Saracens and Exeter are up there. And Bristol, Bristol not, are flying high. Bristol are doing well. Gloucester, there are thereabouts. There's just a few silly, silly, it, silly defeats and that's kind of cost them. Yeah, a well, I think, do you know what? They, they've lost... They've lost quite a few games in the last five minutes yeah. this season, and um, much like Gloucester haven't. Mm. Um, so, so I think if they, if they stop that in the second half of the season, they'll um, they'll have a little bit of a rise. I, I think you know another one that's worth men- just mentioning is the club getting a women's Six Nations fixture. Uh, yeah, King's home is really good. So my my nephew's just got into rugby and he's coming to the Perpignan game because they live down in Dorset. I had to stop him being an Exeter fan quite quickly. <laughs> and my, my niece is enjoying rugby as well. And she, she was coming to the game and she was half interested. But as soon as I mentioned there was a women's international there, she's very interested in that. And, you know, she is not someone who plays rugby or is interested in that regard. But... You know, it just shows the power of you can say to them, oh, there's an international fixture. It's just and going it's to appear. And it's in England, Wales. So that would yeah. be, you know, there's yeah. going to be a lot of people hopefully there. But I mean, the only sort of thing that's slightly frustrating, it is the same weekend as the Gloucester Newport Challenge Cup game. So we're now all hoping that that is now going to be on a Friday. It's going to be the one fixture we want to be on the Friday night. Um, yeah. So that we and, can and actually- we want them to announce it, even though they might. I mean, potentially there could be a delay in announcing it because they won't know what the fixtures are because of previous games not having happened. I don't know. Because normally they wait until the 
kind of the previous rounds finish, don't they? And decide what mm. they're going to televise. Well, as, so as we all they know, televised stuff and it's on a Friday night. I think just yeah. say it's going to be Friday. Well, as we all know, except Snowy, you can walk up to Newport and get free tickets anyway on the night. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the, the other the other thing to look forward to is going to be the. I'm still trying to work out the technology on this one, but we're going to try, I'm going to try and do a relatively live reaction to the Gloucester Sale away game, mainly because it provided Snowy allows us to all rock up at his, um, we'll all be going to it. Uh, so, um, and, and um, uh, you know, a few. But you're being generous thinking the technology is going to be the problem. That's going to be the issue. I think the issue <laughs> might be the amount of alcohol consumed during the day might be the problem. Yeah. And then obviously trying to be at some point sober enough to string a couple of sentences together while in a bar in Manchester. Um, on that note, um, thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate, again, all your time. Uh, uh, really important thing to say, though, before we finish. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, Happy New Year to everybody, uh, all of our listeners. Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. Snowy and myself, all being well, will be going to the Worcester uh, Premiership Cup game um, on the 29th. Just as a reminder for Snowy, because he's driving. Um, Um, Am I driving? Well, you said you were driving. Yeah, I need to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm driving. Uh, anyway, the um, so g- the the good news is uh, there'll be a report. There'll be people there who actually went to the game, which would be good. Um, uh, I don't think any of us are going to the bath game. I believe, unless Jim, you're going down. I, I got you? I got offered a ticket and mm-hmm. a seat on the bus. Uh, and I thought, well, it's Boxing Day. I better just check whether Emma's got plans. So I asked, said, look, I've been given this ticket. It's basically free. It's a really good seat. And she said, we're going to my parents. Okay. So, so that's an... I'm, I'm going to the in-laws yeah. for the day. I genuinely thought you said I'm going to the bath game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, pushing it a little bit. Do they bit. have BT Sport? Yes. That's right. They then. do have BT Sport. So I will be watching. You'll be watching it and like every one of us um, screaming at the television and swearing and shouting that why Gloucester are being absolute idiots. Yeah, why are we their only, their only win of the year? I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to empty my bank account and put it all on Bath. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, yeah, I, it's it's you know, the Boxing Day fixture is my least favourite fixture of the year for a lot of reasons. Mainly because I'm usually the only person with half an interest, while the rest of the family in-laws are watching, and I have to pretend to have half an interest in helping someone make Lego and try not to swear. It's hard at the best of times. Throw in a West Country derby against a team we absolutely, you know, normally don't want to lose to Bath. I do not want to lose this year. I think it'll be a bit like that moment in The Simpsons where Homer has to try and remain really calm and then just leaves the room and goes and has a breakdown. <laughs> I just have that vision. They'll find me like there's a there's a play park in the literally the other side of, and they just might find me rocking back and forth on the swing. With like with a crate of my father-in-law's beer, I've just grabbed. Oh dear. On that cheery note, uh, you know, nothing says Christmas than rocking back and forth on a children's playset. Um, right. I uh, I thank you very much, guys. We will speak again in the new year. Snowy, I'll see you a week Wednesday. Um, and um, 
All the best. Please, 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 Gloucester be last. Please. Please. And Worcester. Make and Worcester. Christmas, make Christmas a good one. And Quinns. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers, boys. Cheers.